Welcome to Erotically Neurotic, a sexy book club podcast. Join us as we take a deep dive into the world of romance and erotic fiction and have candid and hilarious conversations about sex, sexuality, and hidden fantasies. Please note that each of our episodes will contain explicit content and language and lots of spoilers, so please listen at your own discretion. Now grab your books and vibrators and welcome to the club. Erotic, neurotic, erotic, neurotic, erotic, neurotic, erotically neurotic. <laughs> Guys, we are so excited. This episode is a special extra episode. It's our first author spotlight. We interviewed Lainey Davis, the author of Sweet Distraction, which was our episode number eight. So if you haven't listened to that, please go do so before you listen to this. But we had so much fun chatting with her. She was amazing. She's so great. It was our first uh, recording ourselves. We we <laughs> Zoomed with her. So we were like, oh my God, don't don't like look at We don't want to look at ourselves, yeah. you know? You don't look at us and we don't look at us. Yeah. No one look at us. <laughs> no one look at us. But it was so fun. She was... Just so kind and genuine mm-hmm. and heartfelt and as Fucking always, funny. Ha- yeah, and what always happens with Amanda and I is, you know, we had our list of questions, but of course we just like, do, 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 and the wind took us where it did, <laughs> you know? <laughs> what? Isn't that the expression? That so, yeah, that's definitely an expression. <laughs> the wind will take you where it does. <laughs> but she's so great, and that was... Yeah. That's an expression. Okay, Amanda, <laughs> you can't even get a grip. <laughs> the wind blows where it may. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> Anyways. Oh, I love it so much. We were so nervous, but we think it went yeah. well. She was amazing, and I just feel like she's the embodiment of what I love about this romance community. Like, I've been feeling a lot of gratitude recently for entering this community. It's just such a warm, welcoming, intelligent, like, feminist group of women. Yeah. Um, And I just felt like she was a total embodiment of that. Agreed. I feel like I learned so many things I would never have thought of. For example, you're going to hear Lainey talk about how the romance world has started to change where people now want more consent and sex education and demonstration Mm -hmm. in their books. And I loved how she was talking about doing the research to be able to provide that but of course still making it sexy for the readers. And I thought that was fascinating because Mm -hmm. especially as you know, Amanda and I live in Utah. And so it's true. We see the lack of sex education, the abstinence only education, and people are turning to these books to learn. So that was so fascinating to hear. Mm -hmm. And just hearing that for Lainey, she actually processes a lot of things in her life through writing these books, which I thought was super cool because I never know what an author's inspiration is. Totally. Yeah, and that's something that I am noticing in a lot of these books that we've been reading is, like, trauma is playing a really important role in these books. Like, women, you know, overcoming their own history of abuse or kind of, uh, you know, learning how to trust and develop connections to overcome their own traumas. And I loved hearing her talk about how writing these books, um, not just reading them can, can help you process, but writing the books helps you process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So without further ado, enjoy our author spotlight interview with Lainey Davis. Enjoy. I will never forget. There was this one morning I was getting breakfast with my sister and she had like this 
hair that was kind of stuck on her face. And I was like, oh, here, Allison, let me grab that. And when I grabbed it, her whole cheek <laughs> But she had a cheek hair that was like this long. Oh my God. <laughs> her, her eyes as I was like pulling it was like right. total mortification. We lost it in this breakfast spot. Oh my God. I remember, yeah. I, I don't know how young I was, but my mom always watched Rosie O'Donnell's sitcom and Rosie found a chin hair on the air and she was like, I'm going to put a bead on it. And my mom <laughs> thought that was so funny and I was horrified. And now here <laughs> I am, a 42 year old lady getting my own chin hairs <laughs> and they're stubborn. They It's hard to get them yes. out. Yes. <laughs> But also so satisfying at the same oh, time. <laughs> the, confidence, you... the confidence of Rosie O'Donnell to yes. bedazzle her <laughs> facial hair. Yeah. They're so oh much thicker gosh. than regular hairs too. Like yeah, where I know. that volume? I know. If only I could have that thickness up here, but instead <laughs> it's all right in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Lainey, we're so excited that you're joining us yeah I, let's talk about vulvas the final question we have for you what model volvo do you drive <laughs> well i my dad always had volvos okay <laughs> and i like mod. i like learned to drive in one of those sedans and it had the rack and pinion steering and everybody would make fun of me because i would be like <laughs> to back out of this spot like right, right. <laughs> it was a tank yeah nothing, sure sure bad it's gonna happen to you in a volvo <laughs> <laughs> safest car in the road <laughs> i know that you asshole <laughs> <laughs> that chapter brought us so much joy lady thank you for that <laughs> i'm glad <laughs> i just was i couldn't believe i know nothing about cars you could not name a car I would never I just am like big or small that's all I can know but the fact that I drive a Volvo XC60 <laughs> and could perfectly <laughs> picture this just felt meant to be yeah. it really did you're well, basically oh, I was gonna say it comes up again I just finished writing um Forging Glory which is a next gen book in the stag family series and of course uh Wesley is getting a ride uh from Aunt Alice in her Volvo so <laughs> so we're gonna get more of it a lot of yeah. Volvo talk we love it <laughs> there's always more Volvos <laughs> so of course just for the listener what we're referring to is Sweet Distraction which for mm -hmm. us was episode eight and what number book is that in the Stag Brothers series is that number one that's that's number one. That's uh, where it all started. And it was, I wrote that so long ago. It was five years ago. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, oh, wow. Yeah. And I just had done, I did some fifth anniversary covers for that series. So uh, it got, it got a new look on Kickstarter and you can Ooh. read Sweet Distraction and then you can uh, flip it over and there's book two already. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like old uh goosebump books where there'd be like yeah. three in one yes yes yeah. excellent oh and I was um I didn't even know what the vocab words were for how I was like telling the printer I was like I want it to do this and then I yes. want it to do that and they can keep reading <laughs> and 
Um, nobody would let me print it because you can't, they don't let you put upside down things on the spine oh. and they need to put a, um, barcode on the back. And I was like, well, it, it's not always the back. So right. I had to find a special printer who would let me do special tricks. I that, love that. That's really cool though. Yeah. That's really, and so you've written, is it 20 books? 25 just published last week. I was wow. So Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. That's, That's amazing. Yeah. How did you even get started? So I had a day job. I had a corporate writing job. And uh, one day I came home from work and it was raining in my kid's bedroom. We had an ice dam and we needed to replace the roof. Oh, no. So I needed a side hustle and <laughs> I was already, you know, maximizing my earnings in my day job. And my friend was like, you have an MFA, you can probably write, why don't you um, write smutty books and sell them on Amazon? And I was like, I can't do that. And he said, why? Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have a good answer. Uh -huh. um, and so I had, I tried my hand at a few like short things they didn't sell. And then I wrote the Stag Brothers and I, um, I thought of all three of the original books before I started writing, and then I published them each a month apart, um, and I paid the roof bill and kept writing books, and I've been full-time um, romance writing since mid-2021. I, I never thought I would be so grateful for an ice dam because yeah. <laughs> it brought you into our lives. That's amazing that Sweet Dis so Sweet Distraction was your first book ever. Um, yeah, it was my first full length book. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And then I, so I had, I still had the day job was still kept writing in the Stag Brothers series. And then I did a few more series. Um, and then really things started, royalty started to really take off in pandemic. People were hungry for feel good fiction and, uh, like midway through my Brady family series, I was able to leave my day job and just do smut. That's fantastic. So did I you, it, when I call it my smut empire. <laughs> yes, I love it. So when your friend said, why don't you write erotic books on the side? Where did that come from? Like, did you already like to read erotic books or this was so random? Um, I had my, my mom always read romance and I used to make fun of her for it, but then she passed away in 2015 and I couldn't read for a while after that happened. My brain just like couldn't concentrate. And I picked up, <clears throat> excuse me, some of her, uh, romances, um, Elizabeth Lowell. And I was like, this is great. And I burned through it. And then I started my outlander obsession. You can uh -huh. Outlander mantle back there. That's right. Uh, so I was definitely like reading a ton of romance and um every everybody knows it's the best selling genre and I needed money. So mm -hmm. that's what I went yeah. for. Yeah. So initially it was the connection with your mom. What is it about romance novels and erotica that really pulls you in and has kept you in this genre? Yeah. I love being part of a genre where women get pleasure and it's explicit pleasure consent on the page is hot um and I also love that in a romance everything works out even if it's not how you're expecting it to work out everybody it's interpersonal things work out their their career goals are achieved um mm -hmm. 
I just really love the fantasy and escapism of that. Um, yeah. And I, I was doing a podcast with um, some sex educators a few months ago, which is how I learned that with all of the book bans happening and the strict limitations on how sex education is taught in schools, uh, young people are turning to romance novels. And I was like, that's a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> yeah. Sex ed. But, um, you know, even in the years since I wrote Sweet Distraction, it there have been just uh, changes and things that readers demand that I think are improvements, like really just a lot more dialogue about safety and um, just the way that we talk about sexually transmitted infections. And mm. I feel like the books that I'm writing now just have some differences in that regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking to, so we live in a state that's very red and it's an abstinence only state as well. Um, it's also a state with a very large Mormon population. So mm -hmm. what I have found in talking to my friends who either grew up here or have left the church is that they actually turn to romance novels to learn about sex education as well, to learn about how sex can actually be pleasurable for women. That's nothing that they were taught growing up. Um, different things to do where it's not just like, how can you show right. up for a man? Like, you know, yeah. it's how can men service you? How to ask for what you want? So it actually, they're super fun and we love escaping to them, but romance novels actually have a pretty significant impact on yeah. a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And like I said, it's a lot of pressure, but also a joy to help, uh, help in that regard. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had done a partnership. There is a wonderful sex toy purveyor here in Pittsburgh. Uh, her name's Mona and she runs an online shop called Buzz Me In. And it's this really inclusive pleasure toy shop. And so Mona has all of this knowledge about how things change after menopause or after hysterectomy, or if yeah. you have different types of bodies and abilities. And so I have loved collaborating with Mona, not only to just like cross promote each other's stuff, but to learn about how should I depict it on the page if somebody has had a hysterectomy and is like, yeah, wow. what kind of lube do they need? You know? Uh -huh. Right. That's oh, amazing. That. That's yeah. so much research yeah. on your end, but you're, you're right. There's so much pressure to get it right. And the fact that you are getting it, you're going to this, to the sources and to the professionals who know these things, that's huge. I love the research portion of uh -huh. books. Yeah. So what, take us into a day like that, where you're writing a book, what sort of research do you usually have to do? So my book I wrote a marriage in crisis romance after I was quarantined for 18 months with my husband. Uh, <laughs> liquid courage. So the hero in this book is uh, struggling with infertility. And I have a friend who works in a fertility lab and I was like, I'm coming to work with you. And, <laughs> and they were all like, this is so boring. You do not care about this. I was like, I absolutely want to look through that microscope at uh -huh. the firm that you have in there and she was you know they were just showing me stuff like all of the inspirational videos in the uh collection room kept getting stolen so they're down to just one video ew. Oh, ew. Inspirational video. Like, I'm with it now I know yeah. I was like I thought it was like I thought it you'll be fertile <laughs> but they can't you know it it's hard to put a porn video as a line item on the <laughs> <laughs> on their budget 
And then most people prefer to use their phone, but it's in a facility where like Wi-Fi is restricted. <laughs> so I was learning all of that. And then, you know, speaking of the church, like there are some religions where they aren't supposed to ejaculate not in their spouse, I'm learning. And yep. so the fertility clinics have special collection condoms that they would uh, utilize at home and then rush the sample in. And, no. and yeah, it's a whole thing. I spent so much time in this fertility lab. I was like writing everything down. <laughs> And These they're are like such fun facts to bring to parties. I hear like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How do you come up with your ideas for these books? Um, a lot of time it'll start with just like a moment that I find fascinating. Um, sweet distraction. There, the intersection where Tim Stagg's mom died in a car crash. The, a lot of people die in car crashes there. People turn the wrong way in the bus lane. Um, mm-hmm. so I just kind of always have that in my mind as I'm crossing the street in Oakland, but, um, I don't know. I just started to think about like, w- what if there were young boys whose mom died there and then they each got a book and they were all broody grown up men and how would they be emotionally stunted and how could love heal them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. So yeah. if we're going to get to the goods of sweet distraction, okay. Mm-hmm. Favorite sex scene. <laughs> oh, um, I feel like you asked me this in advance and I told you one thing and then maybe I'm not remembering, but I did really like the scene. I, I liked writing where they did it at the hockey stadium. Um, mm-hmm. or- we did too. <laughs> Same. We did too. <laughs> I just thought that was super naughty. I love the idea that uh, they were just so overcome that they had to sneak away during an NHL playoff game. Um uh-huh. I liked the idea that he had access to the fancy conference room. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, it was just fancy and overwhelming. Yeah. It's high stakes because it's public, yeah. but it's also private enough that you don't right. have to worry about someone coming in. I know because they didn't even take off all their clothes. They were just like so into each other that they're like, just get me any way you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were going to try and bang it out of their system just once. And <laughs> yeah. Work. Right. A few more times. They just get yeah. trying and eventually it'll get out of the system. Yeah. <laughs> so the one you had mentioned um when you emailed us back was this scene where he's so overwhelmed at work that he has to close himself in his office yeah. and take care of himself on his own. And I can't believe we didn't talk about the, that in the podcast episode because we love that. Oh, we <laughs> love a math, we love a secret masturbation in the office. We yeah. love it. I thought that was really hot. Like he's just totally. so overcome and he's so used to being uptight and in control of everything. And then here comes this woman who's just so hot to him. Yes. He can't function until he just takes care of his lustful needs. And <laughs> I always, you know, I know reviews are for readers, but I do kind of, I look at them just to see, cause if something's coming up again and again, it might be something I need to think about. But uh, so there's a lot of people horrified at this idea that a lawyer might be so overcome with lust that he has to sneak off and masturbate uh, at the office. But I mean, it's fantasy. It's not. It's not well, fantasy. that's and that's what we talk about all the time with <laughs> fantasy life versus real life. Like, yeah. would I think it's sexy in real life if someone was doing that next to me in the office? No, but that's why we're reading it in a book, because right. we're we're just so hot. 
and they're so overcome by how sexy we are. They yes. have to, they have to rub one out. Like yeah. what else yeah. are they to do? <laughs> and then he gets on his tie and he has yeah. to go into his supply of ties. <laughs> and, tur- and turtlenecks. His supply yeah. of ties and turtlenecks. It's <laughs> uptight all the way. <laughs> it's a symbolic turtleneck. Yes. I really Thank appreciate you. that. Yeah, definitely reality versus fantasy. We love talking about that. No, but we truly love when a guy is so overcome that he has to masturbate. There's no there's no better ego boost, right? No. I'm just doing my thing. Yeah. Cooking in the kitchen. And it's just my essence is so overwhelming. You You know, she's just trying to make muffins. (laughs) Don't sexualize me, but sexualize me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, did you feel like when you were writing Timber that you you had a good grasp of what his emotional stuntedness looked like because of his mom's death? Like, how do you think he handled when he found out Alice was pregnant and all of that moving forward? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like I said, that was the first full length book that I wrote. So I don't want to pretend like I went into it with the type of pre-planning that I do now. Um, sure. But I, I had, I was only three years out from losing my own mom. And, um, so I I felt like I could access that headspace a little bit. Um, and having kids, but not having a mom to talk about having kids with, um, it, it's rough. Um, Mm -hmm. one of the things I loved best about Outlander is when Claire tells Jamie, they've both lost both their parents. And they said it was like, traveling without a map and that's so true so um I did have that in mind um when I was torturing Tim and Alice in that way (laughs) yeah no it's it's so spot on though even though you didn't plan it out in advance I think there's so much truth to it based in your own experience and I can speak to that as well as someone who lost a mom early in life you certain situations where you have to be an adult suddenly can trigger your child parts. And if you don't have the adult to kind of guide you through it, your child self is going to figure out how to get through it, right? That's how we get so reactive and so impulsive and so overwhelmed. And I think you depicted that really beautifully in the book. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, you know, we talked about on our podcast too, how we felt that Tim handled things when Alice got pregnant and how much she was kind of trying to take over and control things. And it didn't bother me at all. I felt like it was so easy to understand his psyche and appreciate it for what it was, even if it wasn't maybe like the right way to go about things or what you would want. I I thought it made so much sense. I also thought Alice, you know, I was kind of annoyed with Alice because I was like, (laughs) you kind of just found out you were pregnant and ghosted him. So he's also having an extra bit of an overreaction but I I, don't, I felt like everything about him made sense and I you could just tell he's going to be a really great and very protective father who is going to need some therapy to help let go <laughs> oh for sure yeah as we all do we love a man in therapy we love a man who's self-actualizing <laughs> yeah therapy I, shows up a lot more in the books that I'm writing currently <laughs> yeah it's like the most erotic thing you could possibly read is yeah. a man being like hey I gotta go see my therapist and yeah. you're just like close the door (laughs) I have had I have had readers tell me the most erotic thing about sweet distraction is that when Juniper speaks at a meeting that men listen to her (laughs) yes 
bitch. What a statement on the world we live in. I know. I love that. And that's what a bummer. (laughs) But that's such a rarity that it has to be a fantasy. (laughs) So something Amanda and I have always wondered in numerous books we read. We read a lot of books where in the end, there's a happily ever after that includes a baby. And we want to know what you think draws people to baby tropes because neither of us are drawn to baby tropes. I, I have a baby and I think for me, it's like mm, being pregnant and giving birth and everything involved in that was not sexy at all for myself. I felt so sick and terrible. So I think about that time and I'm like, mm, no, not for me. Mm-hmm. And Amanda's like, yeah, kids in general, in general, not for her. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I try to think a lot about who is my reader, who who is my target reader. I would love to imagine other moms are, are reading this and the idea of a man who is so into being a dad mm-hmm. is, you know, unfortunately sometimes rare. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and so the I think that plays into that kind of fantasy of being taken care of, of be having somebody want to be your true partner in every aspect, um, you know, as a father, as somebody who's changing diapers in the middle of the night, like all of that. I, mm-hmm. I think, especially if I get a lot of emails from people who tell me they're moms and they were up late with a child and then stayed up even later reading my book. And that is such a gift because yeah. any mom giving up sleep is like, Ooh, that's a big deal. So yeah. I I think for them, the fantasy of the happily ever after epilogue that includes an active dad is pretty mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. You know what? That makes sense. I'm lucky. My husband is a very active dad and there's no doubt he's the happiest he's ever been in his life since we had our one-year-old. So I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. I think it's, I think when I'm like, oh no, you're pregnant. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Good luck to you. (laughs) But that makes sense. It's, it comes down to, it sounds like security. Yeah. And that's part of a lot of our fantasies. It's finding love, finding someone who maybe needs to jerk it in the office to us, but ultimately (laughs) they're consistently there and they will be with us during the raunchier moments and maybe bring that out of us, but also be there in the harder moments. Yeah. And there's something. Yeah. Every part of their heroine is hot to them. Like yeah she is nursing a baby and when she's making muffins <laughs> <laughs> I love that me too. that actually I don't know if I'll ever be a full-on baby trope person but that actually really helps me understand it more yeah I think I'm just so baby phobic that I'm like no, no, it's a red zone red zone <laughs> safe word yeah. is there one of your books that is your favorite that you've written or a series I mean, the the Stag Brothers, it's so surprising to me that that was the first real series I wrote. And that's the one that continues to do the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was, I was done with those guys after the fourth book, The Stag Family Christmas. And then um, I guess it was late 2020. I'm not even sure what, what is time, but <laughs> I started, I started to think about like, well, what was their vagabond alcoholic dad doing all that time? What if he had a secret other son? And I do kind of love that trope when like a secret half sibling shows up. 
And then I couldn't get it out of my head. So I wrote beautiful game with Hawk uh, at the fifth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that book. It came to me so easily. I think I wrote it in a week, um, you know, and then I had to revise it for time. But, um, and after I, I went to the World Cup this summer in Australia, it was like amazing. I'll bet. And, and I watched, you know, I watched the final. I watched Jenny Hermoso be grabbed and kissed against her will on international television. And I, I remember watching that game with my husband and I was like, are you seeing this? Is that happening? Like, yeah, I couldn't get that out of my head. I just horrible. I couldn't carry on. And I was supposed to be starting uh, a new rom-com series called Planted and Plowed. And I <laughs> could not focus on it. I couldn't do it. I, I had to tell some sort of story that helped me process what had happened to her. And so I went back to old reliable and I started the next generation of the stag family. Mm. So the stag kids are, uh, are going through that and we get to see Tim and Thatcher and Ty in their forties. Mm-hmm. Um, and that book came to me very quickly as well. So mm-hmm. I put my rom, I put planted and plowed on hold and I, <laughs> I revisited well, the stag family. Did that help you process everything that came up when you watched that forced kiss? I think a little bit, but I mean, it's still, still terrible. Like, of course, yeah. Any and worse was the the just the media response surrounding it. The the uh, what's the big deal mm-hmm. reactions that right, was right. almost worse. Women are just being hysterical. It's part of the game. Right, right. Something that small. What's the yeah. big deal? Oh, yeah. God. So if people are not familiar, the Women's Soccer World Cup, uh, Spain won, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> and the man who is the president of soccer football in Spain, uh, first of all, the minute they won, the camera zoomed to him grabbing his crotch and thrusting like, yeah, which Ew. was so gross. And then as these Spanish women rock stars were crossing the stage to get their medals, he was hugging each of them, which, okay, whatever. But then the captain of the team came to get her medal and he pulled her in on international television and kissed her right on the lips. Um, It was gross. It was shocking. Talk about like an abuse of power, Mm -hmm. making someone feel this small after she was part of this team that accomplished something remarkable. Yes. And I can't so imagine yeah. what her memory of that historic day is right. now. Right. Now it's this nasty guy shoving his face on hers. Yeah. Oh. Well, and so, like I said, the aftermath of it too was, I have a writer friend, Liz Lincoln, and I, and she also loves soccer. And so we text back and forth a lot and we, these, the headlines that kept coming up. I mean, at first the abuser camp was trying to be like, here's this video of her still feeling happy after the world cup. She's got champagne. She can't be that upset about it. Like, Uh, right. But you know, despite what you did, she, she just won a world cup, you know, that's joyful. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, Anyway, I, I just felt like I needed I needed to write a book where that was, um, that scenario is part of the book. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. look wow. for that in, <laughs> in Forging Glory. It seems like you, you write books so quickly or the concept just comes to you and you go. 
Um, well, the Stag Brothers ones do that. Yeah. The the other ones seem to take me more work. But I, I aim for four a year, which is wow. I think in romance that is kind of average, perhaps on the slow side. A lot of Kindle Unlimited authors are putting out six to eight books a year, which is a lot Ooh. of books. Yeah. 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 Um so four four ha- feels right for me. I usually spend about a month writing a book, about a month revising it, and then I'll do marketing for, mm-hmm. for a month. Wow. So since you started writing in the romance world, what have you noticed? Um, this genre changing. I know you had mentioned audiences wanting a bit mm-hmm. more consent, a bit more like education. Anything else? Um, so, you know, when we lost our constitutional access to abortion, mm-hmm. I was horrified. I participated in the dissent anthology, which that came together very quickly. There's over 150 romance authors in there, and we raised a quarter million dollars for Planned Parenthood. Oh my God. Um, And setting out to do that, I was anxious to put abortion on the page, acknowledgement of it in any way. Um, It just felt like the thing that we, I wouldn't be able to overcome. Um, And I I also decided I didn't care because it was just so important to me to, um, to participate in that charity effort. So, I was delighted to learn that, yeah, I got one or two emails from people who are never going to speak to me again, but the overwhelming response was mm. from people who agreed that access to healthcare should not be, uh, you know, part of laws. It should be between you and your healthcare provider. So Absolutely. that was great. And now I feel like what I did was I went back and I added, um, not disclaimers, what's it called? Um, content notes in the beginning, any book of mine that has a unplanned pregnancy in it, I went back and added a note in the beginning, like, Hey, I wrote this before we lost that access. It would have been a different consideration now. And it is different consideration now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love that. You saying that gives me goosebumps actually just thinking about that needs to be said explicitly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the secret baby or surprise pregnancy trope has it has different meaning now um, sure. than it did a couple of years ago. So that has been actually a really big thing because you're right, um, pregnancy trope is is big in steamy romance, and um, there there is an expectation at some point in a steamy romance novel that the in a hetero um, book that the man and the woman will have unprotected mm-hmm. sex because they trust each other and they don't <laughs> want barriers between them. Right. Um, and so that carries different weight now too. So yeah. there is just, I think a lot more care that has to be put on the page in writing those scenes, but you also still have to make it hot. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. I know that's such a, tr- gosh, that is such a tricky place to be in to mm-hmm. accomplish both things. But you you do it so beautifully. Well, yeah. thank you. That's what we just kept saying. Like, man, she can write the shit out of these sex Yeah, scenes. honestly. <laughs> just, they, yeah. they were so great. Yeah. I'm, it's so cool hearing how much of your books are you needing to process something in your own life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Because, you know, to me, I never know what an author is thinking. If it's just some fantasy or if it's similar to what you're explaining, like this moment really stuck to you about this soccer game mm-hmm. or this change in abortion laws. I, I love that for you. It's, 
your process is writing about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it happens on a smaller scale as well. Like we have, we rescue rabbits. So we have pet rabbits and I just love them so much. They're so fuzzy and cute. And Amanda, you're living Amanda's dream life really right are. now. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love know. all animals. <laughs> if you want a rabbit, I can get you a rabbit in a couple of hours. But the, uh, I had a, I finally wrote a hero who has a pet rabbit. And so then I felt like, okay, took care of that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel represented in this area. <laughs> so where, what's coming up next for you? What do you want to promote? What do you want people to be keeping an eye out for? Well, I've been real excited about Forging Passion and Forging Glory. Forging Passion is a one night stand prequel. Um, so it's Wesley Stagg. He's Thatcher and Emma's child, son. Okay. And uh, he falls really hard for a lady soccer star. Um, and then there is miscommunication. And the prequel ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger. And then their full length happily ever after book, uh, Forging Glory, comes out December nineteenth, and I'm December nineteenth. Mm-hmm. Okay, really exciting. Yeah, and I the so Kara the heroine is Cuban American, and I've also been really excited. The audio production company that I work with, like they're really focused on representational casting, so they help me find a Cuban American narrator, and I have. Um, been working with some authenticity readers just to make sure I get some of the slang right and that's fantastic yeah I'm really excited about the work I put into into that book and Mm -hmm. it's on Hoopla already which that usually takes forever but if you want to read or listen with your library card you can you can already do that on Hoopla oh that's Hoopla I'm actually not familiar I know Libby but I don't know Hoopla well my library has access to Hoopla and it's kind of like Netflix but it's through the library so you can check oh. out ebooks audiobooks they have movies on there yeah that's so cool yeah the wow. one in the one in utah or at least where we are is called libby we can do the same thing but libby is another library option yeah yeah, yeah. 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 wow that's so cool so foraging glory december 19th mm-hmm. that's just a short month away sure is get and it in time for christmas yes <laughs> Yeah. And all of my books are about like 55,000 words. You can read it in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have five hours. To- <laughs> to- <laughs> if you're yeah, a speed I think, reader. I think we both read it in about two nights. Yeah. Like, yeah truly yeah. just the second we started it, it was yeah a very quick read J- just because it kept going. Like, yeah. We were so interested to see what would happen next. And frankly, we just wanted the next section to come because they were so <laughs> like, good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, forging passion is pretty hot and there is it's backloaded with some you know it's a one night stand book but then um Kara is inspired by Jenny Hermosa so she's overcoming some things and it takes a little while um for the spicy parts to show up in in that book yeah that's I like a slow yeah personally so when you really have to work for it Mm -hmm. I'm in yeah I'm definitely in yeah and they uh we've been, I've been going through, like my said, my friend Liz, I've been going through like, what do people, what do readers expect to find in a sports romance? And mm. there's definitely supposed to be locker room sex, which just not to say, okay <laughs> that. Um, yeah, he just drives a Jeep. So there's, there's not a ton of, of hot Volvo action. <laughs> just scratch out Jeep. If you need to, if you need to get there yeah. right in Volvo. <laughs> oh, I love it. 
Well, Lainey, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. This was so much fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for yeah. the book. Of <laughs> course. Did. And we'll definitely be promoting Forging Passion, especially if it's coming out December 19th. So you'll be seeing a lot of that on our Instagram. I appreciate that. Thank of you. Of course. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And let's keep in touch because I really want to wrap it. <laughs> <laughs> bye, guys. All right. Bye, bye lady. <laughs> Thank you for being a part of our Erotically Neurotic community. Don't forget to email your book recommendations, book club questions, and or any erotic stories, embarrassing moments, or sexual triumphs you want to share. Email us at eroticallyneuroticpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at eroticallyneuroticpodcast. Hi there, Amanda here. I think it's worth noting that any and all thoughts shared in these episodes are a reflection of my own personal and constantly evolving opinions, and not that of my profession or licensing board. While I am a therapist, I am not your therapist. Therefore, nothing I say in this podcast should be taken as therapy advice or guidance. Thank you so much for being a part of our sexy book club, and tune in next week for our next episode.